My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I am talking to Javier Colon to talk about their thesis film titled The Lazy Person's Guide to Saving the World. Hey, Javi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Thank you for being on the show. I imagine that you have a very busy schedule, so I appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I always have time for you, Javi. <laughs> okay, awesome. So we're just going to start with the basics. There are a few questions here that people have submitted, but we'll just start with the introductions. So who are you and what do you do? Oh, okay. All right. Well, my name is Javier Kuhn. For anybody who doesn't know me, I run the In-Between podcast and I'm a senior at the School of Visual Arts. I primarily focus on motion graphics and visual effects. Cool, cool. So how did you find yourself at SVA? Yeah, so it was actually a very interesting story because I remember watching the behind the scenes of Pixar movies, specifically Monsters, Inc. I would watch the behind the scenes of like the models moving up and down the railway, like in the scene where they, they bust into the factory when the monster has the sock on his back. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So... I really watched, I watched those like behind the scenes stuff. And I always knew that I was like a behind the scenes person. Like I knew that I didn't really want to be the center of attention per se. It kind of started with that. I liked drawing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I think any kid who likes to draw doesn't really know very well. Um, then I found animation and I really liked animation. I actually applied to SVA as a 2D animator because I wanted to get into the 2D department. But there was some confusion on my half uh, when I was applying because there were two options. There was 2D animation and there was computer animation. And in my head, I was like, isn't animation done on the computer? So (laughs) yeah, I know. And yeah, so I applied to the 2D and I applied to the computer art department accidentally when I arrived for orientation and said that I was part of the computer art department. When I said that I was a part of the 2D department, they were like, your name isn't here. Your name is on the computer art department. I said, oh, and they're like, yeah, you're you're signed up for 3D. And I said, whoa, okay. Like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Is there any way that I could like downgrade? But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, like I made a decision like right there and there when I was at the orientation, I was like, you know what? I'd rather learn 3D and, you know, 3D is probably just a step up from 2D. So if I don't like 3D, I can always drop down to 2D and I won't have lost a lot of knowledge, I would have been able to, you know, kind of carry some of that stuff forward. So that's how I ended up at uh, at SVA. Yeah, that's an interesting story. And I think that's something that, you know, I think a lot of people have a very similar experience with because, you know, everybody found the computer art department in a very obscure way. I think we both kind of realized this during the the duration of the podcast, you know, Um, but I'm curious. So kind of transitioning from that a little bit, you said that you didn't really know what you wanted to do in life. Like, did you always think it would be animation do you think it was something in art or like were you what was the thinking there that's a great question i i really just didn't know where i fit in the grand scheme of things right like i didn't do any clubs or i was good at math but i wasn't sure like how that around the time when i went to apply for sva like i i was almost rushing it because i just didn't know what i wanted to do in my life because i don't think that you know anybody can really tell you what they want to do for the rest of their lives when they're 17. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? I really like animation. I've always been drawing. Um, Let me just give it a shot and let me see how it goes. And yeah, I've been here ever since. 
I don't think anybody really knows what they want to do at 17 years old. So I don't think like you're the only person in the world to like ever feel that way. You know, I think that that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Oh, well, thank you, Javi. Yeah, Javi, of course, no problem. So now I want to ask you, of course, I want to get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. What is your thesis called and what is it about? Okay. So my thesis is called The Lazy Person's Guide to Saving the World, and it's a 2D motion graphics piece that explains how to be a very environmentally conscious person with the least effort imaginable. It's actually an adaptation of the United Nations tips on how to do that exact thing, and I just kind of took it and and, uh, put my own spin on it. Awesome. So where did you get the idea for this piece? So originally I was... I had a I had a completely different idea from this because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was into motion graphics and there's not a lot of reference for me as a motion graphics person in the computer art department because everybody else is doing either visual effects and 3D. And while some of it overlaps, there wasn't really a lot of motion graphics films to look to as an inspiration. So I focused more so on like what motion graphics could be. I remember in the summer of sophomore year, like sophomore to junior year, I took a few summer classes at at, UC, at, um, at a local community college. I was having a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh, like I, I made a guide on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, ooh, a how-to. I could do something like that. I could do like a how-to kind of video. Um, but then as I started in my thesis pre-production class uh, in early junior year, I decided to go for a more narrative piece it narrative with very very heavy quotation marks because it was not necessarily a fantastic narrative i was really inspired by this one short um called uh open parenthesis i don't know how to pronounce the the actual title of it but it's just like open parentheses capital o capital o closed parentheses um it's basically like this whole animated short about this guy sneezing right and how it feels to sneeze and i thought that the imagery was really cool so i kind of wanted to do something like that but Um, I took it in a much different direction, but after finding out that that idea wasn't great, I remember taking a class, the big junior class that we have, um, in junior year, I forget the name of it. They had a guest speaker who was talking about nonprofit organizations and doing animations for nonprofits. And they brought up the United Nations website and how the United Nations is always looking for not necessarily submissions, but people to create graphics for these issues like water and uh, equal rights and all these kinds of things. And one of them was for the environment and it was phrased the lazy person's guide to saving the world. And I knew that I could do an adaptation because my teacher had told me so. So I gave it some thought. I mm-hmm. kind of let it, I molded over uh, winter break and into early spring and after showing it to my my other thesis production teacher in junior and late junior year, I then decided like, you know what, this is probably the, the idea that I want to stick with and this is probably what I want to go with. So I decided to go with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. And I think I like I, I don't want to pry because it seems like it's, it seems like a touchy subject. But I'm curious, like, what was your original idea before you had this lazy person's guide? <laughs> yeah, so it, it was... Um, Uh, It's just like so embarrassing, not even embarrassing to think about, but like, I couldn't believe that this was actually something that I wanted to do for my senior thesis. You know, like, I feel like I went for the, not the shock factor, but something that I think would stick in people's minds in a good or bad way. So my original idea was there was going to be this guy and he was going to be running. Um, I don't even know how I was going to do the motion graphics 
aspect. I was, I just had the idea of this guy and he's running through town and you're wondering like why he's running through town because he's running for like a minute and a half and there's like these different sequences or whatever. Ultimately, you find out that he has to use the restroom. So the shot, the intense music and high action camera motions and all that good stuff, it, it cuts. And then it's just a, a plain like regular shot of him entering the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was not. It was not it, chief. It was not it. Um, so my whole thing was I was inspired by the film that I mentioned earlier about sneezing and there were like hints as to what was going on, like different sensations. Like he would look at a fire hydrant and it would explode and that would like, he'd be like, Ooh, like he'll clench mm -hmm. up a little bit, but it was just, it was something that it was so out there and, you know, trying too hard to be comedic that I, I decided to totally scrap it. I'm so glad I did because if I kept that, then I, I don't know where I would be today. Wow. <laughs> that is a, uh, that is quite the story. So what, what made you change it? Like, I knew that you, uh, you mentioned that you had hesitations about the story already because, you know, of how, like, not edgy it is, but you know what I mean. What made, what was like the catalyst for you that made you change your idea? Well, okay. Well, I actually kind of mentioned this on a previous episode when I was talking with Jenna, but at the end of the fall semester for junior year, I went to the like senior junior mixer to like show off my thesis or whatever i had it like ready to go i was like ooh, like this is the previs you know I, I this is the first time i'm like showing it to a bunch of people all that kind of stuff so i pulled it up on the screen i volunteered as the first one to present i pulled it up i played it and no one laughed and it was oh my god yeah yeah it was such it was so not heartbreaking, but it it really put into perspective where this film was going to go to a, a much wider, more professional audience, by the way, I should probably mention, a more professional audience, right? I was like, you know what? If the whole point of the piece is to make people laugh and they don't, there's something fundamentally flawed about the piece, right? Like there is no point in pursuing it. So I had to reevaluate and I'm so, so glad I did, as I mentioned before, because even talking about it, I just, I get chills. Like I, I don't even want to like acknowledge that that was a possibility for me. Wow. That's a, that's quite a, wow. That's just, I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but I'm glad that you were able to adapt. And I, and I think that's the mark of a really good artist is somebody who's able to look at their own creation critically and to, to kill your darlings, basically, as, as multiple people have mentioned on this show over and over. Um, I think that's really great for you. And I'm glad that you were able to do that. Oh, well, thank you, Javi. That's, that means a lot uh, coming from you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No problem. I, I kind of want to guess a little bit because the next question I, I'm going to ask you, like, what was your worst moment in thesis so far? But I think you've kind of explained it. Is there is there another moment that is equal to that or is there is that not the worst moment in your in your thesis history? Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I think that that's that's a pretty basic summarization of like what was the worst moment in, in thesis for me, because that was when I knew that, like, my work, however, like stupid it was was not adequate for what i needed to do you know what i mean yeah totally i get it absolutely so now that you have this brand new idea that you've been working on for the past few months or whatever what has been your favorite aspect about working on this piece uh just a fantastic question you're just coming up with great questions like left and oh, right thank you thank you very much thank you yeah of course no for me like probably the best part about working on this piece is 
I don't know. It's it's a lot of things. Like I really like the animation. I get to learn a lot more about After Effects. I learn I learn a lot more about rigging tools and Illustrator, how to work in that workflow and all that stuff. But I think probably the the best part for me is the production, is the organization and all that stuff. Like I really like putting together. Yeah, like I love putting together uh, the spreadsheet and 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 listing out everything that I need to do or whatever. Because I'm like such a big. Well, I wouldn't say big, but I, I do enjoy listening to the way that people work and enjoy listening to the people uh, the way that people do things and how they organize their life and things, because I think that that's something that's so unique to everybody, right? Like there's no right way, quote unquote, to do it. And every like different things work for different people. Mm-hmm. And I always find that really, really interesting. So for me, as somebody who likes to color code and likes to schedule things and things like that, um, I really enjoyed putting together like okay this is what it takes to produce a film this is the timeline you know i have to plan seven months in advance i don't know what's going to happen in seven months from now obviously nobody did but at that point i was just like this is good you know i'm, I'm kind of getting on track and i'm doing all these things yeah so javi you're you're notorious in the computer art community for being so organized and being so on top of things and i'm i, I just want to know like, were you always this way? Like, how did this uh, obsession, it's it, not an obsession. It doesn't seem like an obsession. No, totally. It, it's fine. It, it's, uh, it, it might as well be an obsession. It's an addiction. <laughs> yeah, like an addiction. Like, hi, my name is Javier. I'm addicted to Notion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, basically for, for me, I was not always an organized person. I was actually really terrible at organizing myself. I had a planner but I never used it and, and all these kinds of things. And there was, and they would be, it would be so bad to the point that I'd forget like my friend's birthdays or uh, special events that are happening and things like that. So one day I remember uh, my friend Marissa, she, she went to like CVS or something and she bought me like this little blue pocket planner. Uh, and she's like, write down the days in here, write down what you need to do for homework and write down just everything that you need to do, everything that you need to do and everything that you need to go to. So you never forget my birthday again. And I wasn't sure if it was out of, uh, anger or just like sympathy or both, but that's what I did. I, I opened that little blue notebook. I was in my senior year of high school. I just flipped the pages and wrote down what I was doing, when I was doing it, all that kind of stuff. And then slowly I transitioned. I'm like, okay, well, I don't need the blue put, uh, I don't need the blue planner anymore. I have a calendar app on my phone. Let me start writing stuff into my calendar. Oh, I have this app called Reminders. Let me start writing stuff into Reminders. And then slowly but surely, I discovered, kind of like what I was mentioning before, what worked for me, right? Like, I didn't want Reminders because I wanted more control over repeating tasks. Like, every week I wanted to read a book or something. And I couldn't do that with reminders. And so I, I looked for other apps to fill that like gap in my thing. Um, for anybody who's curious, I, at the current moment, I use Todoist. I also use Notion. Notion is more like my wiki and records base. And, and Todoist is my main to-do list app of choice, considering that I now have a PC. Um, if I was a completely Apple person, then I'd probably use uh, the Apple the Apple exclusive app things. But that's that for me. So that's interesting. So you really like kind of kickstarted yourself into being a much more organized person. 
Yeah, totally. I I was not very good at it. I, you know, I, as I mentioned before, I forgot Marissa's birthday and then, then that happened. And so, you know, that was something that like really kind of motivated me to, you know, get my life together in the most simple fashion possible. What do I need to do today? What do I have to do today? Like, where do I have to go? Those kinds of things. So, um, and it's just kind of evolved from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, Javi, again, like I mentioned, you're, you're, you're very famous in the computer art department for being so organized with your spreadsheets, with your notion and things like that. So, you know, I was just curious, like the history behind that, like why you were the way that you are right now. But moving on from that, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more back to your thesis a little bit. What would you say was your best moment in thesis so far? I would say, I, I don't want to be cheesy, but I would say proof of concept. Actually, no, scrap that. <laughs> yeah, no, scrap that, scrap that, hold on. I think when I got the soundtrack, so I am doing the narration over the entire film, as I mentioned before, and mm-hmm. I have a soundtrack playing underneath. I didn't want it to just be quiet, like, during the entire time, right? <clears throat> excuse me. Your excuse? But, thank you. Um, I didn't want it to be silent. I didn't want to just purchase a random track off the internet and just, like, stick it underneath. I felt like it would have been a little too impersonal. So not impersonal, but like not fitted to the film. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to, there's actually, there's this YouTuber that I follow called CGP Gray. He's great. Um, I listen to both his podcasts too. And he's also kind of like a productivity boy or whatever. Um, but I watched his videos and I saw that he, ha- I liked the music that they, he had under his like explainer videos. And I looked him up, the musician, and I found him and I messaged him. I was like, Hey man, you know, I'm doing this student thesis film, whatever. And he agreed to do it. I don't even know why it was like, so he had like such an expensive rate, but he said he would do it if I like made a donation to the emergency climate fund. Wow. Yeah. Like I didn't even, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. And then I finally got it in the beginning of January ish, maybe middle January. I slapped the soundtrack underneath my voiceover. He made the soundtrack around my voiceover. So like all the beats and stuff like hit with my, my voice and my inclinations and hearing like the last note after the the entire explanation is over and the soundtrack ends like the I think it's like a C chord or something not a C chord but it's like an uh, an F sharp chord or something like that and it's just boop, like it made me really really happy yeah if you could if you could put it in the podcast I think it'd be really good if if people could hear it I'll, I'll put it in the um in the podcast but yeah I just I loved that sound and I I actually teared up when I heard it because it was such a happy sound to like signify that like the film was I don't know I just I was totally into it and it made me feel really great and you know boosted my confidence and I'm just I'm just really really happy so yeah definitely it's definitely really awesome to finally get some not some validation but to be able to have something that you can kind of point to as like look like my piece is almost there like it's finished it's almost there yeah totally like having the soundtrack really kind of cemented it for me that this is something that I'm going to accomplish and this is something that I'm going to do yeah, totally. Awesome. Okay, so I think that, you know, everybody kind of wants to know the answer to this question because, you know, you are, as we mentioned before, Mr. Productivity Guru. Um, what is it that you do to keep yourself focused? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm very flattered that you think that I'm a productivity guru. I don't think I am anywhere near guru level. I'd say I'm more like intermediary, um, intermediate, I should say. I think it was really funny because I remember you asked Sophia this question before, Um, and she kind of mentioned how it's very weird to talk about 
productivity and how to keep focus because she just like does it. And I'll be completely honest with you, like that's how it works for me. Like I just do it. If I have something on my list, I've disciplined myself enough to be like, okay, that thing needs to be done today. And if it's not done today, it needs to be done tomorrow or I got to find a time to do it. But you know, clearing it from my list is number one priority. And that's how I like stay focused. And I also take breaks. Um, everybody likes to joke around in the computer art department. It's like, oh, the less sleep you get, the better you work. I, I think I don't think that's a great model to have. I don't think it's a great mentality. I think you need to take breaks every once in a while. I used to take breaks every like 30 minutes or so. I'd work for 30 minutes, take a five minute break, work for another 30. But I found that I had a longer attention span than that. So now I usually like work for an hour or two and then I get off for like 30 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that. Pacing myself and understanding what I can get done in a day is very important to my productivity and my output. Because if I give myself five shots to animate in a day, I'm going to feel overwhelmed and then I'm going to reject doing the shots and then I'm not going to do anything that day. But if I break the shot down to like five seconds of animation, I'm like, oh, five seconds of animation, that'll take me a day. I'm okay with that. And I'll do that and I'll just get it done because it's attainable. It's something that I can accomplish within the day. I don't want to overwhelm myself too quickly or too emotionally, you know? Yeah, totally. Making sure that you have a small goal that you can reach is definitely more important than trying to get as much done as you can in a day. Because if you can pace yourself, you can make sure that you do the work right and do the work in a steady manner without burning yourself out. Yeah, and, and that's something that um, you and Isabella were talking about on a previous episode about burnout, and that was something that I didn't want to happen to me. Granted, it ended up happening because, you know, we're none of us are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was something that I wanted to avoid, so I just thought that, you know, it was a good idea to pace myself and really work out the kinks of this, so. Awesome. Okay, so now I kind of want to get a little bit more into the reflective part of the podcast. You know the drill. Um, but first, before we do that, I wanted to ask you some questions that some of our previous interviewees have submitted to the podcast. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So um, I won't name who asked the question. I'll just ask the question anonymously. So um, what has been the best thing that you've learned while being at SVA? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the best thing that I've learned is not to get too attached to your work I know that I, I, a lot of people have mentioned this before, like killing your darlings or killing your killing your babies. But I remember like in the beginning, I didn't really have thick skin. I had a hard time taking criticism because I didn't think that anybody else knew my work better than me. It sounds terrible like when I say it out loud, but you know, something that SVA has definitely taught me is how to have thick skin and how to absorb feedback, whether you think it's constructive or not. They're, they're giving you feedback because they, they want to see you improve and they want to see you work mm -hmm. towards that goals. And so I think doing that, I think having the ability to adapt is super, super important. And it's something that I think that is a very vital skill in any, in any aspect of your life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, being adaptable and being not easy breezy, but somebody who can really take the punches and then come back with something really good after revising their piece over and over like i think that's a, that's also the mark of a good worker so i think that that's really great yeah totally so uh next question 
What's your favorite takeaway from doing all these interviews with the computer arts seniors? Did you learn anything interesting from your experience creating the in-between? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, so, you know, my biggest takeaway, uh, probably my, it was my favorite takeaway, right? That was the question said? Yeah, it said, what is your favorite takeaway? Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, yeah, so my favorite takeaway probably um, was just getting to know some of the people that I knew already better. Like there were some mm -hmm. people that I'd never met before. I didn't really interact with that much, but I kind of got to know them a little more. I knew their personality. They told me about their stories and their origins and things like that. But there were some like people that like were on the podcast that were my friends, you know, like people that I really um, had a connection with and thought that they were doing a, an, an awesome job. So yeah, so, you know, having people on the podcast and learning more about people. I just like to learn about people. I don't know why I'm just like really interested in everybody, but I really like to learn how the way how people work and the way that people are, because, you know, ultimately like these are people that I'm going to be working with and, and being a part of their world in the same way that they're a part of mine. So I would like to know more about them, you know, and, and really develop connections in that, in that way. Um, as far as, as far as learning anything interesting, from the experience, um, I learned how to produce a podcast all by myself, which I had never done before. So um, I, I am not sure if I mentioned this before, but I actually used to have a podcast. I had a friend uh, named Tim. Hi, Tim, if you're listening. He and I, we had a podcast for about a year and a half together. Right before the end, uh, the beginning of 2020, we stopped doing it because we had uh, I had thesis work and he had his like senior project and stuff. I'd never known how to record and edit it and completely produce it on my own. And I think something that I was really happy to be able to do was take that experience from the previous podcast and then learn how to apply it for myself. Like, how do I properly record the microphone or how do I promote it uh, on my Instagram? Like, how do I make sure that people listen to it and, and mm -hmm. things like that? Like, what can I do as a manager basically of the show so that was something that i learned was kind of a little bit more of that production skills but in a podcast form which was great because i do really like podcasting and i do really like talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah like talking is just great um and and all that good stuff so oh okay cool awesome yeah no it's definitely i imagine you know you've been uh working on this podcast for what like a few months yeah you know, just about, you know, I, I, I was very happy with myself because I, I recorded all the episodes and stuff before the school year started again. Like I recorded everything from like December to very early January, edited everything so that I didn't have to touch the podcast ever again um, while I was working on thesis. So I'm very happy that I did that. So the last question from the interviewers here. So what is is or what do you think will be your favorite memory from your time at SVA? Wow, my favorite memory. Honestly, like I have a lot of really awesome memories at SVA because it was such an awesome experience. You know, it was such an, a great place to be with, with all my peers and all working in the same kind of way. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was really awesome and a lot of fun and i just i really enjoyed the experience overall i think if i had to pick a favorite my favorite memory was it was the end of my fall semester of sophomore year 
And this is actually, this is the time that I found out that I wanted to do motion graphics instead of 3D animation, etc. Um, I had worked really hard on this kinetic typography lyric video for Macklemore's Thrift Shop. It was mm-hmm. for uh, VFX uh, sophomore year, as I mentioned. Um, I worked really hard on it. Like I, I spent about like 38 or 40 hours on it uh, within the span of like a few days because I really wanted to get it to like perfection, as perfect as I possibly could have made it like when I was in sophomore year. And when I showed it to everybody, I think I was the last one to show it to everybody. Everybody totally loved it. Like my teacher was ecstatic, like my my classmates were ecstatic. Cause we, the thing is, is that we watched these lyric videos all together. We combined two classes into like the lecture room, you know, and we all watched it together and we had like bagels and stuff. It was just, it was just awesome. I was like, you, you know what I want to, that's what I want to do. I want to make motion graphics. I feel like that's my strong suit. And that's something that I can definitely improve on and expand upon in the future. So that was probably my favorite memory at SVA. Wow. That's such an awesome story. Um, is there a way that anybody who is listening can listen to this, uh, connect typography lyric video? Yeah, actually, thank you for thank you for mentioning it. If you want to go to my website, it's um, thathobbycoolone.com. It's linked in my bio, I believe, on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's it still is one of the f- most fun projects I've worked on to this day. Um, granted, I haven't worked on a million projects, but it, it was still a lot of fun to produce. Awesome. Okay, so now I'll get into like the regular reflection questions. So what would you tell your freshman self about SVA? My freshman self? Um... I would tell him, wow, there are so many things. I always say this to everybody, like the, the previous version of you sucks. The, the, the yesterday you sucks, but today you is great. But then tomorrow you're going to think that the today you is, is bad. You know, like there's, there's always room for improvement. And so I think something that I would say to my, my, my younger self would be to take things seriously. And that sounds troubling, but the reason why I say that is because I think my freshman self felt like he shouldn't put effort into things that he doesn't think matters. You know what I mean? Like we had a drawing class freshman year and I think my past self didn't care too much for the drawing class because it wasn't ultimately what he wanted to do. And so he just didn't put a hundred percent into that class. And I don't think that that was something that was good. I don't think that was something that was very mature, I suppose, because I feel like you should put your a hundred percent into everything that you you do because then, you know, it may not be exactly what you want to do, but it it exemplifies that you are willing to work on something that you don't want or work on something in a very efficient manner, you know? And so I think that for my freshman self, I would tell him just like, Hey, you know, you may not like this class or you may not think that this class is necessary, but I, I think you should focus and really hone your skills, you know, if not for yourself, but for the way that you look to your peers, because I think a lot of people didn't like me and rightfully so because I didn't really put that much effort into other classes besides 3D. And even then at 3D, I was like, I'm not sure if I really like 3D. So I would say to my freshman self that also to be confident in their choice of going to college, because I was like, do I need college? Like when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I just, I, was, I wasn't I was sure if it was the right choice for me, but I, I realized slowly but shortly that it, it was. Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, there's some validity in 
you not putting effort into things that you don't want to do because then you would rather put that effort towards things that you want to do and hone those skills. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's true. There's definitely two sides to that coin, but I don't know if it was the right idea for me. Then again, I probably would have not been able to put as much effort into the, the thrift shop video as I did if I, you know, treated every class equally with equal importance. So it's one of those questions that like, you know, it's a great question to ask for people. For me, I find it not necessarily uh, uninformative, but there's also like the, you can't change the past. And if you did, you wouldn't be where you were right now, you know? And, you know, as much as I don't like some parts of the past, it got me to where I am right now and where I am today. And as I mentioned before, today me is great. Like I'm the best version of myself I've ever been. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you have any advice for juniors who are now entering the thesis phase? This could be people in pre-production or in yeah, the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I know that I know the, the question. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, he's a little rude there. Um, I would say show your stuff to as many people as possible. Show it to your friends, show it to your family, just get as much feedback as possible because ultimately you're not making this film. At least I'm not making this film for me. I'm making this film for people to watch and I'm also making this film for people to hire me, right? And so to make it the best version of that it is, sometimes you gotta you know, take a step back let people pick it apart, build it back up and, and see where it is. Um, as I mentioned before with, with the, the peeing thesis, I hate calling it the peeing thesis. I don't know what else, the running thesis. Okay, I'll just call it the running thesis. Can you can you cut that out? No, I'm not gonna cut that out. I'm gonna leave that in the oh, show. Oh, you bad For the running thesis, I didn't really show it to anybody outside of my class. And at that point, my class was in on the joke. They knew what I was going for. So there was, their feedback was, was great, but it wasn't the waking up feedback that, you know, presenting it to a bunch of random seniors was. So. That's definitely something that I would say to juniors is that show your work to as many people as possible. I think that's really good advice because something that we've mentioned before on the podcast is that, you know, the most valuable asset you have in the computer art department is your peers, right? Like getting feedback from your peers and hearing back from them is something that's very important to your growth as an artist. All right. So then uh, my last question for you is who has been your favorite guest on the show? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. It's been flipped on me this time. <sighs> I have no favorites. None. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't have any favorites. Okay. I enjoyed having everybody equally. The discussions, however, with different oh, okay. People. I see. You're dodging the question. I'm not dodging anything. Dodging I'm not dodging You're absolutely question. dodging the question. There has <laughs> been no doubt in my mind just that you are me. dodging I'm the not. question right now. Listen. Okay. Listen. All right. I'm just saying that the burnout discussion with Isabella was very fun because I think burnout is something that not a lot of people like to talk about. And I think spreading that information was very valuable. Um, so if you want to say by proxy, Isabella was my favorite guest, I won't stop you, but I'm not saying that she was, I'm saying that I really enjoyed that discussion with uh, her. Okay. All right. Okay. Whatever you say, bud. I'm not dodging the question. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The In-Between. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. My name is Javier Colon, and thank you for listening. I'll see you around.
I've heard you're dismissive. Um, do you have any comment? Next question. Hold on, I gotta take a sip of water. Yeah, no, quick. take your time. Absolutely. You've been talking this entire time. I imagine that your throat's getting a little thirsty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty thirsty right now. You and I, we're like on the same wavelength. I feel like we have like a lot in common. Oh, you think so? I think so too. Like I've been kind of getting like this really good vibe from you recently. Yeah, no, I think we should, I think we should hang out.